This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is your Brentford fan show on Love Sport Radio. Good evening, welcome to uh, to the Bees Hive. Evening, Ooh, real Aaron? real beehive. Yeah, exactly. All right, Bill. Hey, That's mate. a very creepy way of just saying hello. But yeah. All right, Bill. Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Good to have you guys back in the building. Another big three points and five goals. That's right. Don't worry, we, we, we'll ignore the other two that were shipped in at the end. But five goals. Uh, we're, yeah. we're happy with the two. If the two didn't, if the two never happened, the five may not. This is you proper I mean? Kevin Keegan territory. This is like you know what I'm saying. It's like you know. Remember you see when, when all his matches like seven six or something like that so as long as he scored more goals than everyone else it nothing didn't really matter wrong with the tennis score bill no nothing wrong with the tennis score at all uh, that's the voice of uh, of billy the b grant hello all right, all right. All right dave laney lane's in the building leather jacket and all after sunning himself in minus 35 in toronto yeah, well, I was signing myself in Miami the weekend before, but yeah. You've been to Tel Aviv as well? Yeah, yeah just, uh, and I've been to Rotherham. <laughs> Rot- Rotherham. Aye. Okay. Jet set lifestyle, isn't it, lad? And that was the warmest. Isn't it right? Life of luxury. And back in the building this week is uh, is, is is Robin Hood. All right, pal? All right, yeah, not bad. Just hey? giving us a, a fact of the uh, of uh, of the day that uh, you went to school with Daniel Craig's daughter. I did indeed, yeah. He's oh. 51, by the way. Yeah, it's, oh, he's 50. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, no, yeah, uh, that's a little fun. It's my claim to fame. Your claim to fame? My one and only claim to fame. Why is there a video camera pointing at you? I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Interesting. As long as it's not from HMRC, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the B's big three points. Uh, we're going to be uh, discussing that game. We'll be hearing from Brent- Brentford director of football Phil Giles. We'll be discussing the FA Cup uh, game tomorrow, and, and and talking about Anthony Cleanthus, mm. uh, a man who's you know had an interesting relationship with his own fans, but is, is hell bent on. Um, causing a bit of an issue with, with Brentford Football Club at the moment um, and in regards to the number of tickets his club has been allocated for the FA Cup replay. A bit of, lot of moaning going on, isn't there? Just lots of moaning. So it's a bit of a funny one, this, because um, we didn't even think about it. I mean, we, we had a bit of an issue with, with Barnet um, for, the, for the match at Barnet itself, where, you know, they, as we, we sort of kind of 
briefly mentioned it the fact that they sort of cut off the ticket sales at two o'clock on a friday afternoon and we thought that was a bit peculiar seeing as the match was at sort of 7 45 on a on a on a monday and we thought you got the whole weekend you've got friday you've got saturday you've got sunday and then people might decide over the weekend they want to buy a ticket so on on monday morning they can do so apparently there was 200 tickets short that we didn't sell and they said if you don't pick them up for brentford at four o'clock on friday that's it you can't go so we had a few people on our WhatsApp ring going, I want to get a ticket, can I get a ticket? We said, that's it, it's done, mate, you can't get it because the game's on Monday, can't, well, can't we do that? So that was a bit of an issue, it was a bit really weird. Then we got to the bonnet, and the guy was sitting behind the ticket office, and I said to him, are you selling tickets, mate? He goes, yeah, tickets, and people could collect them. We said, but we were told you're not allowed to. So there's a bit of confusion going on there, but Barnet, what, the, the interesting thing about them is that they tried to kind of like do the moral high ground thing, and they were like just going, you know, yeah, we, we're, we're right, and you know, we've done the right thing, and you know, we, fans could pick up tickets and we were like well we were told they weren't allowed to but from that stage they had a really aggressive stance like on social media it's really kind of like you need to calm yourself down a little bit you know it's an FA Cup game and I know there's a rivalry going on but you know it's Barnet and it's Brentford it's not as if it's a Fulham Brentford thing going on it's like and even Fulham like we have a bit of a bit of a banter thing going on on social media but it was really quite horribly aggressive I mean it's not as if it's Barnet and well I don't even know who their rivals are Stevenage probably or something or like that Orient probably yeah mm. Really? Yeah. No, no, but like geographical rivals. I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. I tell you what. I tell you what. It actually very much reminds me of. So it reminds me of when we were in the um, first division, and then all of a sudden we played Leighton Orient, and then all of a sudden Leighton Orient just started to go boom. Yeah. The scum Brentford. Oh, we it's, hate Brentford. It's absolutely got a Leighton Orient tinge to it. It was really yeah. weird. And we were like, uh, what, oh, have we, like the host. what have we done? We haven't done anything. And then Leighton Orient came out and, and basically they just sort of fabricated this kind of rivalry and hatred for us. And in the end, it sort of spilled over so much. And then Martin Rowlands kissed his badge and everything like that. We thought, all right, OK, we'll have some of this. And so we did. So that, that rivalry that season was actually quite good because uh, they were giving us loads of mind the gap because they were like sort of got 45 points clear after a couple of months and then uh and then we took them out we took them out on their own turf as well if i'm honest it's the only martin i ever want to see kissing a badge or kissing anything is martin allen let's be fair what else do you want to see him kiss all sorts you uh <laughs> Robin, <laughs> you would as well i would not i love pay to see that yeah. yeah love him love him absolutely love him yeah um robin what do you make of this uh, this rivalry between brentford and, and barnet I don't know. I, I was quite happy when it was fake be- fake bees versus real bees. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just like, like like Billy said, it seems to have sort of been fabricated for the. Sa- I don't, maybe it's for the sake of adding a bit of sting to the game and trying to sort of. Um, Good word. Ru- sting. Yeah. Sting. Oh bloody! I didn't didn't even Don't see my swear. opinion. Um, you, you can come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, so I think maybe maybe it was um, a, a tactic, if you like, by the Barnet chairman to try and sort of you know motivate the players just, and get a bit of sting back into the game. He, just think he's a bit bitter that he's he's drawn Brentford still. <laughs> really, I mean, uh, they've had a really weird relationship with Anthony Cleanthus. He's a. I don't know if I can say half this stuff on, on air. Yes, he's an interesting chap. He's a character. I'd, I'd say to him. But in which way? But in which way is he interesting? Just Get like, up. just random. Yeah, I mean, he he. When he you say o- interesting, you he, don't o- mean he, he operates Barney like you know. Mussolini running a harvester, you know. It's just, it's just really, really strange. You do, like, you do find that though in some non-league. No, but this you? is this is the straight. I, I, the the one and only time I've actually been. In fact, now I've been, I've been twice. The, the the first time I went to their ground, I went to actually commentate in the FA Cup, and and their press air. They didn't have a press area in terms of like a lounge or somewhere you could you know get a sandwich or something. They had a giant Starbucks. So anyway, we've gone into this Starbucks and we've gone to ask you know where to get 
through to set up your kit and whatnot. And he's refused to open the doors out to the stadium. Completely and utterly refused to do it. And we've had to sit there and like show him, you know, we're pressing all that. And he's ended up having a go at some poor kid who's a little steward, you know, and stuff like that. But very, very odd place just get yeah, to go. He's probably used to getting his own way. But the, 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 the crux of the whole issue is that he gave... You know, he, he let his own fans buy six tickets each, and I mean, you're asking for trouble there, aren't yeah. You? Just and then, you know, obviously that that was the wrong decision to make. And then there's people that want tickets that haven't been able to get them, uh, and you know, he's obviously trying to blame someone else to uh, to get himself out of the hole. And to be interested, I mean, and and to be fair, Bradford sort of learnt from their their lesson because you know we did sort of something quite similar back in the day when we were um, when the Martin Allen talk about Martin Allen, the Martin Allen era when we beat. Um, Oh God! Who do we beat? Was it when we beat? When we beat? No, no, no. Hartlepool. When we beat Hartlepool. Then we got, then we got, that's right. Then we got it was a. It was a because of the snow, so the game was put off until a little bit later. So we had a very short space of time to sell the Southampton tickets. The ticket office didn't really know you know what we could do at that time how many tickets we could sell so when the tickets came on they just put the tickets on sale and they i think they literally sort of sold out in a couple of hours about three and a half thousand tickets so loads of, i mean i remember i didn't get a ticket loads of our lot didn't get tickets so what brentford and so they went to southampton and uh, southampton said we can't give you any more tickets so in, in the end brentford players fans kept on buying tickets up in in the southampton end but the fact is if i remember rightly we didn't blame southampton then we said didn't go you're out of order you haven't done the right thing what we realized is that we had made a mistake and then we actually changed our policy to make sure that yeah. you know it's, big games it's, like that. it's actually difficult to get you know if you're a, if you're a very small team that isn't used to this situation it's difficult to get it right you know yeah. having policies like you know it, it seems a little bit kind of uh, a little bit far-fetched to have have a ticket policy in place when you're when you're not even in the football league for a for a you know an fa cup fifth round tie yeah. so it's it's i can i can kind of get it but the, the the manners of the situation is don't you don't blame everyone exactly. else apart from yourself you can see you can see the gripe but the way in which it's been communicated and put out there is just a bit a bit far-fetched isn't it gentlemen let's take a pause 11 minutes past nine across the capital on the back of this we're going to be hearing from the fans love sport 558 am love sport uh, it's a game of 10 minutes and 80 minutes really but the first 10 minutes god knows what happened a little bit worrying but the football after that the way we came straight back into it the play the um, you know the way the players rallied the quality of the football the quality of the goals you know building out from the goalie outwards and I'd love to see those goals again when I get home tonight very 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 happy it was a tremendous comeback after a terrible opening 10 minutes who knew what was going to happen after that we thought anything could go wrong was it going to be a comeback when well, they didn't do it and they did fantastic great turnaround Thomas Franks well done not a player is not worthy of a man of match today they were all outstanding they did their jobs they were professional they were solid everybody makes occasional little error here and there but from a man 1 to 11 plus the subs great great performance and a great result yeah they started really well they were pushing us we weren't, we weren't pushing back on them but we slowly got our football going and we, re- we really played some brilliant one-touch football. And they couldn't get near us. In the second half, the goals we've scored, we're, we're working space through, through a wall of players. It's been amazing. And Ben Rama, I'm so, just said to Sev, is it too soon to suggest that he's better than Hotter? I don't think so. I think he's just, he's got everything. And he, his goal, all right, it took a little bit of time after that, but his goal turned it. Because as soon as he scored, we started playing the way we know we can. All right, they did kind of come back, but it was getting better and better. I just, you know, I don't know, what, what can I say? 
And and for Sergi to get a goal on his birthday, you can't get a better story than that. Can After you? the Swansea game at the time, when we just got beaten three-two, and we were letting goals in at that time like nobody's business. Now suddenly we we've still conceded the odd goal, but going forward we are very very sharp. And the two players that I really really think make us tick is in the centre of the park, Romain and Makocho. They they make us tick. Uh, I, I've been coming down here for 65 years. This is one of the best sides I've ever seen. If only we didn't have such a poor start through reasons that we all know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Blackburn started really well out of the blocks like a, stra- uh, like a train. Two and a in seven minutes, I thought, we're on to a good one here. But yeah, I mean, you guys, really, there was enough signs in the first half. I know, uh, is it Barama made Raya make, Raya make a couple of good saves before you even got, a, you know, scored a good goal himself and the... You, you cut us open quite a lot on both sides and it, it was quite a dicey, you know, you deserved it really, second half. You were, we had nothing and you had everything. I mean, really, really well done. They played some great stuff. With Dak and Graham getting injured, which you might come on to, it wasn't great to lose those two. It was always going to be a tall order when you lose your main two men going forward and especially Graham was winning everything in the air to start with. And once that, once he went off, that was another, you know, another thing that was going to be hard for us to carry on with for the rest of the second half. Once we started pushing forward, there was even more gaps down the wings, which you exploited really well. To be fair, you, you'd already, you'd already got your goals, and then you just kept coming down each wing, and it was, it was writing on the wall. So each time you went forward, you're thinking, oh no, oh no, oh no. Did you reckon it was going to be five? I didn't think it'd be that high. Um, I did. I could see you, I knew week 2-1 wasn't going to be enough, I could see you scoring, I, th- I thought you'd get a third, I didn't think, think it would go as far as five, so I'm disappointed it went as far as that, but again, fair play, you, you, you make the chances to score the goals, you know. Ben Rama just had them, they didn't know what to do when he got the ball, and they just, and the, the goal to get us back in the game I thought was fabulous, you know, more pay, Ben Rama just said, oh screw this, this is crap let's do something let's make something happen and they just did and they just went and did it and Ben Ram was cut inside but then I'm still sort of going, getting a half time going this is going to end 2-1 and it's going to be another one of those days like, like earlier in the season where you go oh well we tried we gave it a good go but we didn't quite get there but today everything clicked and then bang goal bang goal and I think Mowbray got it wrong. You know, they, it was when they got Tunnel up and said, oh, well, let's just hold this and started rolling about on the floor and being injured and slowing it down. And actually, when we, when we equalised and they started attacking us again, they looked good again and they looked dangerous. And it's just sort of like, why didn't they just keep going and get a third and a fourth and kill the game? But their negative tactics backfired in the end. Uh, some of the football we played, um, especially in the second half, the Olay football we were playing was um, sublime. Uh, you know, obviously you've got to ask questions how you can go two goals down, but you know, you, you, it's all about an entertaining Saturday as well. You know, do we want do we want perfection? I don't think any of us would have really swapped being two two goals down to come back and score five um, for anything today. You know, it was it was uh, it made for um, a great afternoon and it was a brilliant performance uh, and fair play to those players. I have to say, you know, two nil two nil down, the heads heads did not drop. Uh, they just stuck at what you know, stuck at doing what they were doing. I thought Sai Ben Rama, how he didn't get mad in the match today, I don't know. I thought Sai Ben Rama was superb. He showed desire. He looked like he wanted it to be his best ever game for Brentford, and it was. Um, and I, I think he's uh, infectious. Well done, Brentford. Um, fair play, Thomas Frank. Bainey always giving us the final word. 
I always like to have the final exactly. word. Exactly. Uh, Thomas Frank said, when we went behind so early, I looked at the players' body language and they didn't panic. In the last 15 minutes of the first half, we got more into the game at halftime. All of us felt we could turn it around and that it was an opportunity to show how we've improved as a team. Recent form has shown you there is an improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been, well, I have been and I was um, one of Thomas Frank's um, most vociferous critics, as it as it were. I mean, obviously not. I wasn't demonstrating that he, he ought to go, but I mean, obviously we do the podcast and then we we're on the radio and we were talking about form. And I put my hand on my heart and I just didn't actually see him being able to turn things round. And he has. And the play, you know, the players are performing for him, and we're back to playing some of the best football we've seen in 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 recent years. And it, this performance uh, against Stoke and, and Rotherham and um, Saturday's win against Blackburn and obviously you know the, the goals that we scored you know the Barnet game was you know it was a Jekyll and Hyde performance but what we've seen of late he is is everything that we we had hoped and you know it's he there was I'd honestly hand on heart say that I don't I, I, I think that the, any mention or any thought in people's heads of him not being there for the for the sort of medium term at the very least is gone now there was no even at two two goals down there was no murmurings and or anything like that so I, I think that you know he's been accepted um, and you know uh, fair play to him and fair play to uh, the players more, most importantly I think they're clearly playing for him and um, there's a real vibe there and even we've lost a couple of, um, of like iconic or um, big big names um, recently in the transfer window and we're just carrying on regardless bill i mean we are listen you know it's if if you listen a little bit later we spoke to phil giles as well and he he, he gave a little thought you know we gave a little bit of thoughts about the, the, you know he gave his thoughts on on thomas frank and then you asked him straight up you know you know the fact that he's, he's stuck with him and you're through a stinky patch and he actually he's going to explain exactly the reasons why and the and the thoughts which is really interesting now um like I said to you, listen, it's not a case of one's right and one's wrong, but interestingly, it's when you speak to somebody and you actually get a conversation with them and they can tell you where they're thinking, it does give you a little bit more thought. And I know he did lots of interviews, but people didn't believe him. But like I said to you, when, he, when I did meet him on um, on the night of, of Rob Rowan's um, memorial, and I had a good old chat with him, and that's the time when I kept coming back to say he's a really nice bloke. He did just kept on saying, look, I'm not being funny, but I've had loads of injuries. You know, there's been lots of changes. I haven't had the team that I wanted to. The personnel hasn't quite been right. And he, can't, he did explain everything, but the problem you have is that in that moment in time, if you go out there and it says that he said that, everyone's got to go, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, let's just see it. Let's, let's, see, let's see the action. You know, you could say all these things. He's just making excuses, but that's exactly what he said. He says, "I need Jean Vier back." Jean Vier got injured. I need Ben. I need Makocho back. He got injured beforehand. I get these guys back. They're key to what I'm doing. You know, he was hinting the fact that you know he can only play judge because he hasn't got any other options. So whatever, whatever reasons that may be. Now that and we said, you know, give him the chance to play the team that he wants to, and let's let's judge him then. You know. John Vier's come back, he's changed it up, and we were talking about this in the production meeting in the White Hart um, a bit earlier on as well. Um, he, he, they tried three at the back a couple of years ago when Thomas Frank had just first come in, and uh, Dean Smith was going for a stinky period. I've mentioned this before, and we tried it for a few games. We tried it at Norwich, I think at home, and a few games after that, and also at Chelsea away, and it didn't work. And it probably didn't work because we didn't have the right personnel to do it at that time I think this time he's sit down there and he's got the right personnel but also he's probably taken them a few weeks to try and let them understand how they need to play that game with 
Henry, you know, Lurico Henry doing what he does on the left hand side. He's come back from injury as well. Another key player that he talked about. You know, could you play that same kind of system with Barbe on the left back? You know, uh, yeah, probably not. You know, um, all, all, all of a sudden Dalsgaard, who, who was getting pelters beforehand, all of a sudden is that you've, you've changed your system and and it accommodates him more. So all of a sudden it's like he he's actually looking a better player than he has been doing all season. So. You've got to kind of give it to him to, to, to know his team and turn around and say, I know the limitations of these players and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make them, you know, do, do what they, you know, play the way that I want them to. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's the classic phrase that um, in order to fire an arrow, you have to pull it backwards. Um, I think when Thomas Frank took over, it was, it was obviously in a bit of a sticky patch, um, but it's clear now sort of in hindsight. Um, he uh, didn't have the personnel at his disposal to implement the system that he wanted to and implement the changes that he wanted to proper. Um, I'm, I was with Laney. I was a um, um, not an advocate of Thomas Frank, put it that way. But I think he's very slowly but surely sort of clawed back. I think that fans' faith. I think the style of football that we're playing as well, it's not just the results that have improved, it's the performances. It's the, the manner in which we're going out and attacking teams that are, are good teams. They're very difficult teams to break down, but we're, we're, we're carving teams open and the goals are really, really coming in. Gentlemen, let's take a pause. Before we do, it's uh, still West Ham 1, Liverpool 1. And in reality, West Ham should be a couple ahead. Some really poor finishing in the Liverpool box from the host. West Ham 1, Liverpool for one uh, 24 minutes to go there 558 AM Love Sport Looking ahead, a couple of fixtures. Sorry, Bill, you had your finger, you had your finger up like it was. No, that's all right. Oh, yeah. you off, after you, Aaron. I uh, just just wanted to say, I'm really fascinated. I'll be really fascinated to watch uh, Nottingham Forest, Brentford, Nottingham Forest on Saturday because obviously O'Neill and Keane have gone in there. I actually like them as a little pairing, and I really want them to do well. But on the flip side, obviously Brentford are a London club, so I want them to do well. So my, my sort of loyalties are very much going to be split on that one. Yeah, but you still want Fulham to win. Not really. What's your obsession? <laughs> She's got some really weird obsession no, it, it, with me and Fulham. It should be. It should be a good game. God. It should be. No, it should be a good game. And we've we've got a really good record at the City Ground in in recent years. So. It's, I love going there though. I love going to City Ground. I like place. it as well. It's a good yeah. place. It's a nice place. It's not. Nice. Bill, you had your hand up. No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, just coming back to the Blackburn game, there is actually a little crowdfunding thing going on as well at Brentford. Very, very important crowdfunding uh, operation, which has gone out there. I thought, oh, I don't know, if we could find the link, we'll put it out there. But basically, the crowdfunding is to uh, basically just kind of just keep liberal Nick from any more <laughs> Brentford matches. Because uh, I think the last time he sort of kind of missed a game or a massively key game like that was uh, Birmingham City when we won 5-0. And uh, Liberal Nick sort of announced very proudly, oh, yes, I'm not going to make the game on Saturday. And when we were 2-0 down, he goes, I'm so glad I didn't make the game on Saturday as well. And all of a sudden, it's like, bang, we scored five goals. So everyone said, let's have, let's have a crowd fund to make sure that he, he just never comes again because then, you know, it'd be five goals every week, wouldn't it? I'm quite happy to put quite a considerable amount of money into that. Join the club, mate. Ban, ban <laughs> Liberal Nick is what I was. I'd say just ban him. Uh, that's right. So but, but interesting, and we'll come back to the form. Uh, you know, the form is very important, our firepower, but also it's quite interesting. It's, I don't know, you can take stats and do it as you want to. We were, we were looking at the form table at the moment now. Obviously, Brentford are do- 
doing very well in the form table. Uh, the last six games, they're fourth in that with uh, 12 points above them. Sheffield United, Hull and Bristol City. But we thought it was even more, slightly more interesting. Let's just take it from when Thomas Trank, Frank decided to like tighten things up. So the, the Bolton game is one for us just before Christmas because we haven't lost since before Christmas. So from uh, the 22nd of December when we played Bolton to now, which is uh, for us, it's uh, for Brentford, it's seven games. For some teams who run in the FA Cup, you know, like Hull, Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United, um, you know, Norwich, teams like that, they played eight games. But as interestingly, we're still fourth in that table. So since, you know, we've turned around our form, we are fourth in the table, 16 points above us, are Bristol City, Sheffield United and Hull. Now, interestingly, Sheffield United are right up there so you can see that Sheffield United are doing whatever they think they're going to be doing Hull are, are, they're on fire and even though they lost one game and drawn one game at that time they're on fire but Bristol City are the team obviously to look out for you know five five wins two draws out of that lot as well but the interesting thing about that is that is Leeds United who are 10th in those last eight games so it shows you since uh, Spygate which we talked about on our last podcast as well if you want to check it on Pride of West dot London um, Leeds actually the Spygate thing where I think Bielsa thought he was very clever going out there saying I'm spying on all of you it's had a massive effect on them not only PR wise but also just effects morale wise and probably with other teams and probably other teams have started to spy on them as well down the old training ground it was, it was interesting though to see how he last week he actually revealed his team news in a press conference two days before he was like, by the way, this is my team. Going to play X and blah, blah, blah. He's like, what? What are you doing? But he, he proceeded to do that. Another interesting thing that I wanted to pick up on this whole spine thing. Have you know? I don't know if anyone's watched the Man City documentary on Amazon Prime. Not yet. No? no? no. A challenge, I would like to set like a little challenge to ask you what's different between them and every other team. But I won't bother. No. Before a game, do you know where they do their training? Great. In like this compound. Right. which is in the middle of their training ground. So if you look at it, it's got four sides to it, which is basically like the training ground, and they've got a pitch in the middle of it, so it's completely cut off. It's secret from everyone else, which is actually quite a good idea. This is like espionage, isn't well, it? Well, basically, which makes me think, why doesn't everyone just build a big wall like Donald Trump? <laughs> you know, just crack on. Well, All West Ham quite, go very, very close to Mark Noble there. He hasn't quite succeeded, though, Trump, no, has he? No, no, he hasn't. And, no. and, and, He's still, still going for it, though, isn't he? He's cr- let him crack on, pal. Let him crack on. Hot air. Hot air Trumpy. But listen, you know, Trumpy and Man City, they've got something in common, which is no wall. But um, just going back to the game on Saturday, Brentford's firepower, 15 goals in four matches. Stoke, three goals. Rotherham, four goals. Barnet, three goals. And Blackburn, five goals. So there is no doubting the fact that we are we have the ability to score goals. What still is a little bit, bit, bit worrying is the goals we let in. Or is it? You know, if you're scoring five goals a game... Is it that worrying? As I said in that in the in the piece as we as we came back, I, I think the game on Saturday was um, all the better for us being two goals down. You know, it, 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 only because we came back in, in the way we did, and I don't think anyone would have ever imagined we were going to score five to get back and win three two was the kind of the the, the, the sort of like the, the, the peak of our ambitions at, at, after two after seven minutes, but. I think um, the fact that we came back and, and we looked so good, um, it actually, you know, it was actually kind of like augmented by the fact that we were, you know, two down. We, can, we conceded two goals at the best time because, um, I mean, going, going, in, going into half-time, um, I wasn't uh, at all worried and I was thinking, you know what, I think we can quite easily get a 2-2 two, two draw out of this, maybe go ahead and win it. What the players produced in the second half was nothing short of outstanding, I and, thought. Yeah, and, the, you know, Belzy Ben Rama's beautiful first goal and then he slammed one against the, the bar... 
um, you know, shortly afterwards. So, you know, it, we the, the the signs were there. Mm. The signs were there. The signs were absolutely there. And 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 also, if you check out besotted.com, there's a really good article that's gone up today. Again, one of our newest and very regular contributors, David Anderson, who's been in the podcast a few times. He's also been on the radio show a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, very statistical minded, and he writes. We, we've decided to try and do a slightly different style of match report as well, where we give a little bit of information on the match, but also we try and analyse different areas. So he's analysed the coaches, he's analysed a key player, which is Ben Rama, who we should talk about in a little bit as well. Mm. But, you know, this is a really, really interesting article. He's also analysed the different substitutions and how, you know, people like Odebaju coming on at half-time for Henry, how how his contribution to the game. So you should definitely check that yeah. out on besotted.com. Absolutely. We were struggling, to be honest, we were struggling with the old <coughs> match report format for the last couple of seasons. You know, I think everyone's match reported out, but what Dave's done here is is really worth having a look. Yeah, fantastic. Sorry about that, Robert. I just wanted to say that we're going to be hearing from Phil Giles next. We're looking forward to that. Oh, that's okay. No, I'll, I'll, that's fine. Yeah, you're going to save your, your, your comments to the. I'll save my comments. After yeah. that, yeah, that's we'll do that uh, next. Love sports. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio. Uh, yeah, we're going to be hearing from uh, Phil Giles next. Bill, tell us more about it. Yeah, we're going to hear from Phil Giles. I just want to make just a quick point as well, just coming back to this this form, and, and uh, because I think it's really quite interestingly. We've not gone into XG. We're just looking at the, the latest set of matches. I know you talked about us playing Forest, and you, you know, you, you've got a little pool for both sides here. The fact is that Forest, as we know, spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money in the summer. And uh, they sacked their manager, or they, he walked, whatever you may say he's done. And they've brought a new manager in, Martin O'Neill, and also uh, uh, um, Martin O'Neill and... Roy Keane. Yeah, Roy Keane. Yeah. So Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane are at Nottingham Forest together now. And they obviously need to get into the playoffs at least. Okay, they spent some more money. They spent some more money this, uh, this, 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 this January. But interestingly, in the last eight games, I mean, again, you know, they're 18th in this table. You know, seven points in the last eight games, a couple of wins, five losses. So, you know, Nottingham Forest are definitely not firing on, on all cylinders now. I think they lost again on Saturday. It was FA Cup, um, it was FA Cup last weekend, but, so we didn't play, but they played. But they lost again. So it's going to be really interestingly going into that game because there's also a lot of pressure on them. But the proof in the pitting isn't, that, you know, that they've actually got it all really sus. So... It'll be good to to, uh, to to look at that one, but coming back to sort of Phil Giles, you know, met him on Saturday, had a little chat with him after the game, you know, and I talked to him about, you know, we wanted to talk to him about the transfer window, the Brentford transfer window, because there's a lot of people that are thinking, mm, you know, why don't we buy any players? We've, we've you know, we've had, we've got a lot of money coming in the last, you know, few months. We sold Chris Meppen for 12 million, you know, we sold um, uh, Nico, Nico and Iris for 4.5, you know, this is 16, we've probably made, we've got a few add-ons here and there in the summer, you know, we've got Alan Woodsy, gone. Alan Judge, we've got Woodsy, we've got 6 million for, you know, we've got 20,000 million plus, 20 million plus for, for Brent, coming for Brentford and we haven't had that much, you know, going out as such. Why haven't we bought any players? And he was very honest and he told us exactly what he thought of the transfer window exactly how he was feeling and also he gave us a little bit of a lowdown on the Blackburn game too as well so Phil Giles is the yeah. Brentford director of football for That's those who right. don't know we've got Phil Giles in the house here and the window is shut and you're looking quite relaxed actually 
Yeah, yeah, there's um, not a lot happened really, was it? I think we four beating players and sold a few and that was it. That's right, you were just basically you had your feet up, you weren't doing anything like you know what I'm saying, you know, you weren't doing anything, you just had your feet up, the cigar, you had a yeah. pint of beer, you know, you weren't answering your phone. No, Rasmus was in Dubai last few days. You'll <laughs> come for saying that, but uh, Mitchell <laughs> won a pre-season camera out there, so or mid-season camera out there, so okay. he was in Dubai, yeah. You had to go check the, the local talent out there, the well, local players, they, yeah. They bought a couple of Brazilians, I think, towards the end of the window, so he was busy with that and I was, uh, yeah, manning the fort back here. Yeah, so, but no, but seriously though but you know the window some people say oh no we didn't buy any players but on the other hand we didn't lose any players so on on the, on the you know Meppen was always going to go so some people sort of say maybe it wasn't that bad a window really it was okay it was okay and yeah I think the best thing for me is that now we get a chance to see that some of the young players we create a pathway for them you know um, obviously Josh wasn't getting a game Josh Clark so he went on loan and Judge was a bit frustrated he wasn't playing so uh, yeah and they were kind of in the, in the queue ahead of some of the younger ones so now Marcus Mads Theo you know, a few of the few of the other ones they can get a chance to uh, hopefully try and get in the team. But some people are. I mean, and I can say to you, the frustration maybe is that we've sold. You know, we've we've made a, quite a bit of money over the past you know a few months. Of course, that money has gone out in the long term, but we've also played some money. You know, Mepham twelve millions come in. You know, Nico, whatever it is, four, five, six, three million, whatever the the number is, has come in though. So people are saying, surely we should be able to buy. So why didn't we buy this window? Yeah, we could have done. We could have paid massive money for players who were with that. That's that's the way it was in January. A lot of clubs probably found us. Um, there wasn't that much business done. We compared to previous years, I don't think. So um, yeah, we'll um, we'll just be patient and we'll have a look in the summer and we'll try and get some uh, some uh, some stuff lined up early if we can and. Uh, yeah, do what we yeah, normally do. And also, you I mean, you line players up from, I mean, a year, year and a half in advance, don't you? So, obviously, you've, you've got your eye on this summer, probably from last summer or the summer before. Uh, your crystal ball, I want to know, Phil Giles, the crystal, Phil Giles crystal ball, how busy are we going to be this summer, do you think? Uh, I think we'll be quite busy. I think we'll be quite busy. But, um, yeah, we're busy most, most summers, aren't we? So, uh yeah, let's see. Let's wait and see. I mean, uh, you just can't predict it, can you? I mean, you assume there's going to be loads and loads of interest in our players, but, you know, to be fair, there wasn't huge interest or huge offers on the table for our players this window, so you can't really predict this, but we we'll just have to be prepared in every position and, uh, and just see how it goes. And I'm just going to come back to this game today, because this game today, we're 2-0 down again after 13 minutes. We talked um, a little bit beforehand about Brentford, who seems to just switch off after a while, and before you know it, bang, bang, we are gone behind. When we're 2-0 down after 30 minutes, what do you think? Actually, funny enough, I was um, pretty calm because it was so early. Um, you know, I thought I liked the way we played recently. I knew we'd create some chances. I knew we'd get. I knew we'd score at least one. So I wasn't overly uh, um, anxious uh, with, the, with being two 0 down that early. But I didn't expect us to score five. But yeah, it was um, you know players did fantastic to get back in the game and uh, win it so well in the end. And they did. And and, and the, I mean the, the football that we played and the goals that we scored were were, were, were tremendous. I mean, you've obviously you're involved in buying the players. You're involved in the strategy. Are we getting near to where you expect us to be in, in, in the style of football that we're playing and what we're doing? Because obviously we had a terrible spell with Thomas. Yeah, um, we, yeah we had a terrible spell, but also there was, was, there was parts of the games in there. You could see still that the old, the old Brentford was there, so to speak, style of play and stuff. We just put, shot ourselves in the foot with some horrible defending at times in that run. Um, left too much to do. So, yeah, the style of play's... It's kind of it's kind of been there for a while. I like I like goals that like we scored at uh, Barnet. That uh, Sergi's goal was uh, amazing. That sort of goal. That's kind of what we want to see on a regular basis. Not so easy, but yeah, it's, Thomas has been uh, responsible a lot for the style of play over the last couple of years, and uh, and it's developing. And um, yeah, this, that's kind of that's kind of settled, and it really helps with recruitment to be able to recruit into that style of play as opposed to changing it all the time and trying to buy different players to fit different ways of playing. You know, you, you know how we play, and we know what we're looking to achieve when we buy players. So, I'm um, just one last question. So, you're very happy 
about where things are and how we're going at the moment now. Yeah, fine. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I'd, wish, <laughs> I'd much rather be in the top six or top two, obviously, but... Um, but in terms of the way we're playing the last few games since Christmas, you know, you can't really complain. I think we we went through a bad run. We had a few injuries at the time. Um, yeah, I thought I thought I, I thought we'd be higher up on the table. So I can't say I'm completely happy. But uh, but the way we're playing now and um, and the spirit of the team and and uh, yeah, we're looking, looking towards the summer again from now. So yeah, it's um, it's not all bad. It's, listen, you're a gambler. Our playoffs. Are they, are they possible? I don't know how, how far, how many points is it? I mean, you look at the league table. What, what Let's call it eight. Okay, eight. Uh, yeah, it's okay. So there's a small probability here. Yeah? <laughs> small chance. <laughs> so a small chance. Listen, I mean, all we've got to keep on doing is trying to win. And like, a cliche, I've turned into Mr. Cliche mode, right? I try not to be, but uh, just win every game and see where it gets you. Um, it's a really tight league. I assume that we're probably in a, in a pack where we're in two or three and we'll move right up. But uh, yeah, if we, if we can keep winning games and who knows, outside chance of top six, maybe. Let's not blow it out of proportion, though. Um, we've been top ten four years in a row and it'd be nice to be able to keep that little run going at the least yeah great to hear from Phil Giles there and I'll tell you what we will get uh, get the lowdown from you boys as well and what you thought of, of the chat next 558am love sport Yeah, three and a half minutes left, plus added on time at the London Stadium. West Ham have given Liverpool a hell of a game. Uh, Liverpool have a corner. Let's just hope that it's not going to be one of them games. Uh, Billy, Laney, Rob, talk to me about Phil, uh, Charles, you know, intelligent from him, not giving too much away, not giving things away that he, he, he doesn't have to give away, but also still very insightful. Yeah, Phil's, um, he's been here long enough now for us to kind of get to know him a little bit more. There's still some sections of the fans, I know for a fact. I mean, you see gripes constantly about they don't understand what the DOFs do. Um, they, 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 they say they're not here for the duration. They, there's some sort of cynicism, scepticism about them. But, you know, really, if you just listen to, to, to the way he explains things, it's, you know, it's calm, intelligent, measured, um, and, and the planning is, is clearly there. Um, and a sense of humour. There's a real, it's a real nice Brentford fit there, mm. and uh, that's what I, that's what I like about um, the staff behind the scenes. And people, you know, people moan at us like, you know, that there's something wrong with getting to know these people. It's not, it's not that we're too close. It's the fact that to understand, sometimes you need to have a relationship and to kind of talk, um, and like you, you, you're able to speak with authority because you've 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 gathered the information and, and questioned as well. I mean. Yeah. We question all the no. time. We, we Mate, find what, out your questions there were really good. You know, we have had a lot of money coming in, and you you asked him the question. You know, and 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 he did answer to a certain extent, but basically, in effect, he basically says, "I don't want to pee the money up the wall." In effect, and that's was always been the answer here. And we said this. We've said this from the beginning. It's not the club line. The club line. We said that if Brentford were in the top six then we, we may have gone out on a limb and bought someone. And yes, they did go out and have, have a look at a few players this window. And he said, you know, we did it, but they were asking too much money. Now, the fact is that maybe if we were in the top six and we were looking to gun for a place for automatic promotion, they may, they may have said that gamble is worth taking now because the, the money that we get out of the back end of it is going to be so much because, you know, the 150 million that we might get for actually promotion. 
Yeah, I think I think the January transfer window is very reactionary. It's very much sort of a player scored a few goals. Let's go out and buy him. Um, and I, I listened to Phil Giles' interview for the second time now, and it's just the same as the first time. Like you said, Laney, very measured, very controlled. I think that the guy, the directors of football, and the, all the guys in that scouting network and the statistical analysis, it's a very shrewd operation. They know what they're doing. And, and to answer the questions of anyone that thought, you know, that, with, that losing those three players, Unaris, um, Mepham, and uh, and Judge. Would it would it leave us light? Well, you know, after seven minutes, you'd say, "Oh dear, possibly." Yeah. But then we we pull out one of the best performances we've seen in in recent years. Well, I'd, I'd say across across the past couple of years. I mean, there was a time when Alan Judge was um, the 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 key pivotal player mm. um, before his unfortunate injury, um, and then I think the past year or so, Mepham has been a very key player in that defence. Inaris, I think, has been a very very important asset to the club. Maybe not the most the, the most talked about name, the most the biggest sort of def- definite starting eleven. But I think to lose those players, and they've been three very good servants to Brentford and very key crucial players, um, but the fact that we turned in a great performance and we're still not too worried about our squad is, is a really good thing. But it's interesting you say that Meppen's been very key. Again, speaking to Thomas Frank, OK, you know, this is the interview that we had when we speak to Thomas Frank. He, he, he emphasised the fact that Meppen is a great player, but he also said that he's got a lot of learning to do. And also the fact is that he's, you know, he does make mistakes. And this is not mm. a criticism because he knows that everyone knows it as well. So he's got a lot of time to learn because at the time we were sort of saying to him shouldn't he be captain and he's like going he's already got enough pressure on his on his shoulders without actually making him captain so it was interesting that where he kept on pointing towards Jean Vier he says Jean Vier is a slightly more experienced player who, who I need to come in because I believe that that player is going to be the one that's going to be leading my back line I think yes but, um, and that's absolutely right I think you know Mepper moving to Bournemouth for 12 million he's definitely worth it he's got an incredible future ahead of him of admittedly he's, he makes mistakes uh, but he's 21 years old he's only been playing professional football for a year and a half but and and, and this, um, again, I've got to take this. That this, this, yeah. this wasn't the he, he, we were we were letting in goals at the time. Mm. And obviously, one thing about Chris Meppham is he always wants to be better himself. He always wants to better himself. So the fact is that he's probably thinking the situation is that you know we've got a player who is developing here, but also probably at the same time, you know, on one hand you've got a guy in the Premier League who said I want you to come to me and I'm going to actually make you better by I'm going to work with these coaches and do all these things which is great, really interesting I think you know what Aaron said about Phil Giles he didn't answer too much but at the same time very insightful I think what you have to do sometimes with these interviews and with maybe the people like Phil and all that lot sometimes read in between the lines as to what they are not saying when you answer mm, a question as yeah. well and that's it and there's it, like there's a couple of interesting points here where we've always been trying to fathom and pull out where we pontificate pontificate on the podcast pontificate on the radio show pontificate in the pub as into thomas frank why was thomas frank brought into the club he was brought in two years ago under dean smith at a particular time when we weren't doing particularly well um he was you know dean smith had come with his man o'kelly and then and thomas frank then comes in you know was he did he come in because he wanted to be the, the brentford arm whereas dean smith had come with his man did he come in to actually add a, a different side to the game maybe a more technical side to the game the feeling was always and this is the vibe that i've got that thomas frank was going to be adding an, an, another layer to actually kind of make us probably technically better and tactically better because he's a, a master tactician from what I can, get, can gather. And it's interesting with sort of Phil just came out there and he said, you know, when we talked about the bad run and he immediately defended the bad run by saying, well, you know, it was bad in terms of results and defending badly. But actually, the type, some of the football we we're playing was very good. And Thomas Frank has been responsible for our style of play over the last two years, which mm. I thought was quite interesting. It, was not, it wasn't like the last two weeks. Mm. It's like all the games that you really loved over 
over the past few years when we've played, he's been responsible well, for I think, that. Yeah, well, he's, I, I still think yeah. there was some really, really um, head scratchy substitutions, and there was some. There were a couple of matches during that run where the players didn't seem to know what they were doing. Um, but now, you know, going back to the Phil Giles interview, I, I, I think um, what I what I was kind of uh, reassured by that he he, he hinted that like, there's going to be a fair amount of business in in the summer, and we're going to need it. You know, yeah. we we've been left slightly depleted we've certainly got enough in our tank now to um to get us through to the the end of the season um i think we uh, we have got enough capability still to get a top 10 finish yeah. beyond that forget i think you know we've you know it's just it's, it's too much to expect anything other than that yeah. again it's far too it's, it is it is but then like i said to you you never know again i keep going back to this this table these four i mean look at bristol city bristol city again they've just gone on around i think they've Crazy gone one. is it eight eight but eight wins in a row I well think it is. They, they haven't been beaten it's eight wins in a row yeah <laughs> but they haven't been beaten since november yeah 11 back games in the november which yeah. is incredible absolutely yeah. incredible i mean i was fortunate enough to be watching them at the weekend i'm um, don't get me wrong they weren't spectacular Ah, but by no means were they spectacular. But Swansea were poor. And, they managed to grind out a result. And, the, the, yeah. There was an element of grinding out, but there was an element of professionalism as well about the way they did things. And they just kept it simple. They bided their time. They went in at nil-nil. And 45 and a half minutes into the game, they, they managed to get a goal, literally 30 seconds after the restart. And, and they've scored, and they just put the pressure on, and they, they just they out-championship Swansea. <laughs> that, that's how I, I'd put it. You know, um, It doesn't really help that Swansea are a mess. But, you know, they out-championshiped them. And, and it's interesting to see how, you know, you go on these runs in this league and you can end up in some interesting places. Mm, they do. And then just coming back to Phil's interview just quickly, there's a few in- other interesting points there. The fact that he said that we didn't have huge offers for any of the other players. So basically, the interest that everyone thought that might have been there, there wasn't there necessarily this window. It might happen next window. But that was just quite interesting. I mean, Aston Villa definitely did come in for uh, for, for, for Mepham. I mean, that is a fact. But other than that, it seems that everyone else is just like, it's not worth us making a move here. Yeah, no, that's, that's good news for us. We, we You know, we, we lost we lost what we did. And, you know, I'd, I, I thank Alan Judge for, for everything he's done for us. And we've said that a lot. And this is the first time you've heard us talk about it you need to listen back because we've you know we've, we've given him proper credit for where credit's due but it showed that him not being around is is actually better for us now because we can we can bring other players on players that actually provide more impact yeah i think we could be sitting here and talking about the sales of malpe soyers and ben rama so I think sort of if you start to sort of think so yeah you, you mentioned that we're, we're 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 depleted I wouldn't say we're necessarily depleted in that sense I think we've lost three players like I say like you said earlier that have been key servants to the club and been very very good for us over the years but Mepham Judge Yanaris fantastic players we could have it could have been a lot worse and I've sat in uh, in pubs with you two and, uh, on deadline days where we've sold three players to Birmingham on the de- on the on the last day of the season so I tell you what I, I'm I'm, I'm I think that Phil Giles is absolutely right. I think the business this transfer window has been very, very good. And, I mean, and just probably the final thing we say on Phil as well is that he talked, because obviously we didn't get any players in. We've got a few players shipped out. Um, so we're thinking about what's going to happen if we get injuries, if we need to kind of increase our squad. And he talked about the idea that it now gives a chance for them to actually properly look at the players who we are be trying to bring through for the B team. So we talk about Marcus Force. We talked about Mad Bex Sorensen, uh, centre-back. Um, um, Marcus Force is a, is a full 
forward and we also talk about Theo Archibald who is a, he's a winger in effect so we've got these three players who are the players who are on the fringes as well there's a few others as well who are also on the fringes from the B team who who they're looking to, to, to come through so this could be quite an interesting period for us we talk about oh, Benny and all that lot who else are on the fringes this is going to be interesting second period for us and you know two De Silvers you know yeah exactly <laughs> De Silva 1 and De Silva 2 so this next couple of months are going to be quite defining for us I think in where we're going to be going and what's going to be happening next summer because if these players actually start to show a little bit of promise you know it's going to probably affect as well what we do in the summer and I really do hope one or two of these players do come through I heard something really quite scary over the weekend one of the commentators on one of the games that was on he said there's only 15 games to go I thought what 15 games to go it's It's amazing it's like Oh my God! There is. It's only fifteen games. It's flown, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and, and and you know what happens? You know, mm. when you're playing two games a week. Then he, you know, it's going to whiz past. Well, thanks for right. game tomorrow. That's right. And talking about games, we've got the Barnet FA Cup replay on. Or tomorrow, tomorrow night. On tomorrow, you know, yeah. tickets are still available. Let's, you, you can buy <laughs> tickets if, you, not, if you're not a Barnet fan, you know. <laughs> you know, so they're all going to be held around the laptop, um, the, the chairman's laptop at, at, at the Hive in Barnet. Apparently, he's, he's offered to, for them to actually sort of give him a login so they can all sort of watch the game around there because he decided to uh, to be very rude and, and spout off, you know, and be quite unprofessional. But hey, ho, we, we've talked about that a little bit earlier on. Let's just talk about this match quickly because we want to know first of all, you know, can lightning strike twice? A lot of the Barnet fans that I've been spoken to have uh, have said you know we think we've blew our chance you know our chance was at our ground you know where we had our fans behind us the atmosphere was there we played really well yeah we might get a result but they just feel it might be one step beyond um, I'm very I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow I'm, I'm feeling very very confident I think the players uh, the fans and the manager will have learnt uh, certainly not to us underestimate Barnet uh, I think Barnet have some very good artillery in their ranks I think they've got players like Coulter's place and players like Mason Clark some good young players that can cause damage but it's a different ball pun intended different ball game at Griffin Park I think under the lights I think um, I think we. I'm feeling very, very confident. I think the players will have learned. I think there will probably be some team changes, which we'll talk about now. But yeah, I'm think I'm 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 feeling very confident that we're going to win. And the question I'm going to ask as well is because what players do we play? Because obviously we've got Makocho who can't play three games in a week. So what players do we play for this game? Uh, well, I think we're going to get McEachern. I, I, I think that's. I, you know, I, I think that's what he'll he'll do. But uh, I'm I'm really excited for tomorrow. If I'm honest, with you. I, I think Lightning won't strike twice. I think after after seeing the way we finished the game, we will go out there and, and, and dismantle them. Hopefully, uh, but I'm not going to take anything for granted. I hope he doesn't shuffle it too much. If I'm honest, with you. looking at Aaron shuffling, <laughs> and um, it's uh, it, it's it's a it's a game under the Griffin Plot floodlights. Go, I mean a, a, an A plus team um, sorry minus team in principle I'm not being funny you sort of say he's going to play McEachern but in principle I'm not being funny if you go <laughs> Josh McEachern you know you put Josh McEachern and all the other players yeah, no, on our course. side in principle you I should think be able to beat Barnet they, they subbed McEachern off McEachern with 10 minutes to go that was job done for that game McEachern's playing tomorrow yeah. I, I guarantee it okay I and we're off to Swansea if, he, if or whoever wins that game is off to Swansea exactly. on a Sunday afternoon which that game. is a very 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 winnable fixture poet, be poet, oh, well, yeah, you know all about them exactly gentlemen yeah. thank you so much for joining me this evening prideofwest.london check us out Thursday 7 o'clock in the morning uh, gentlemen thank you once again thank you very, um, much. very quickly the point of the, the gap at the top of the Premier League is back down 
to three points, which means that if Manchester City can beat Everton uh, later on this week, they could potentially retake no top interest. No interest. Premier no League spot. Interest. Premier League, no you know, interest nah, at all. Championship. This is the championship and the FA Cup. That's where it's at, mate. There you have it. I'm back uh, Thursday night from seven. Do join me then. Have a great week. is love sport away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans